to the Happiest Places to Work podcast. I'm Amy Dix, international best-selling author, speaker, and founder of Choose Happy. We create and build insanely happy workforces for companies around the world. We believe that by creating better people at work, they will create better businesses and better businesses build a better world. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the most inspiring podcasts in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, all you crazy happy people out there. This is Amy Dix with Choose Happy for another episode of Happiest Places to Work. And I'm so excited today. We've got Sarah with us with uh, Stout Street Hospitality. And is Stout Street based out of Denver or because there's other cities that where you have uh, hotels? So you're based out of Denver. We are based in Denver, but we have hotels in Denver, Dallas, Houston, Omaha, St. Louis, New Orleans, and coming soon to Manhattan Beach. Oh, hey, nice. Uh, I actually am from Nebraska. So when you said Omaha, I was like, hey, here we are. Oh, I love our hotel in Omaha. It is a gem. It's so great. Where's it at? Um, It's on 14th and Howard, which is right in the old market. Got it. So so it's a great location. Yeah across the street from the Orpheum Theater. Oh, perfect. Where you can go see shows. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. And that's kind of like the vibe um, from your hotels is like this kind of like boutique-y, higher-end kind of vibe. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about um, the hotels and and what they're like. And There's There's a couple of different kinds. So currently the six Magnolia hotels are all historic buildings that we bought and renovated and turned into boutique hotels and sometimes put in signature restaurants like our hotel in New Orleans has this beautiful signature restaurant Laurel Oak um, and it's a very small hotel with only 100 rooms whereas versus our hotel in Denver also a historic building from the early 20s but it's a much larger building so we have 300 rooms in Denver and then the goes along with that is a bunch of meeting space and a ballroom and things like that. And then we have a cute little sort of um, hamburger uh, beer bar in, in Denver. Ah, you get a little bit of different vibe. Okay. One. Uh, and then the hotel in Manhattan beach that we're developing is actually going to be um, I can't tell you the brand of it yet. Cause we haven't signed the deals, but it will be a, branded hotel that will be limited service. So there will have, there'll be no, um, you know, full service restaurant type thing. There'll be like coffee shop, rooftop bar, get an appetizer. That sounds perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Sounds amazing. So how long have you been with the company? I've been with the company for 16 years. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So I know strange in our, these times to stay with a company for so long. Um, but I, I came, I started, I've had many jobs with the company from general manager to asset manager. And I took over as president and co-CEO almost six years ago. Amazing. You know, I think like when you hear these things like, oh, I've been with the company for 16 years, it really speaks volumes about the company. Like people don't just stay with someone, <laughs> right? For 16 no, absolutely. years because they we, hate it. We have many employees who've been with us 20, 25, 30 years. It's wow. just 
awesome. Actually, just this week, we threw um, a retirement party for one of our controllers here in Denver. And she is only 42 years old and she's been with the company for 21 years. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh. So it, wow, um, wow, wow. yeah, really fun. That, that's amazing. So, okay. So if I were to ask some of these employees, like, what is it that keeps you there? What do you think they would say? I think that the first thing they would say is family. Mm. Um, our, we are a family business and we have always just believed that treating our employees like they are family is um, the best thing we can do. And you know, my job as the president of the company is to make sure we're bettering the lives of all these 700 employees, right? That's, that's my job. I mean, because, huge round of applause for that, yes. Yeah, and it's not just about the employees, it's about their spouses and their children and their grandchildren. We're trying to better the lives of their all of these families. Um, so a little bit of pressure, but uh, that's, the goal. <laughs> that's the goal. And and so, you know, I want to be the kind of leader who always knows the name of the front desk agent, the name of the woman or man who is mopping the floor um, in the, you know, in the lobby or the person who's going to refill the coffee just as well as I know the name of the general manager. So I, mean, I think our employees would say family. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, as, as you say that, I'm thinking that has to spill over into the customer facing side of things. Right. So like if I'm a customer um, or a guest, I should say, if I'm a guest that's coming, coming in, I, I would think like I would sense that because you've built that inter internal culture. I mean, that's a not, that's sort of like the, um, the product of what happens, right? If you treat all of your employees like family, then they're going to treat the guests like family. Our tagline internally, we don't use it externally, but our tagline internally um, has been for a couple of decades now, it feels good here. Ooh. And, you know, it, everything should feel good here. It should feel good here. Your employee break room should be clean and welcoming and bright. It should feel good to arrive and you want to be there. You want to feel good in your uniform. You like what you're wearing. Um, and our employees have a say in all those sorts of things. Mm, I love that. What kinds of things like do you do otherwise? Like, okay, so you mentioned a clean break room and like feeling good and what you're wearing. Like, I love all of that. What other types of things um, do you do to kind of bring the community together? Sure, it's a great question. So about, um, well, 15, 16 years ago, when I came back to the company, I was able to uh, um, spearhead a, a very interesting project, which was about our employee benefits and why some of them were being used and some of them were being underused and sort of like really deep dive into why. And so one of the um, founding things that we have always done for our employees has been employee education. And our founder just believes that education is the key to, you know, success and happy life. And so he always just said, I want to pay for everyone's education. I want to pay for mm -hmm. education. And when we looked at the program, very few of our employees were taking advantage of the employee education. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> I, along with our VP of HR at the time, you know, started interviewing and asking people like, why are you using it? Why aren't you using it? I don't understand. And it turns out, you know, my population of employees um, is, a, is only about 10% management. The other 90% are all hourly employees. Mm -hmm. Of that 90%, 
many of them, the vast majority are immigrants, maybe many are English as a second language. And it turned out it's pretty fast to discover that they didn't want an education. They wanted their children and their grandchildren to have an education, right? Oh, They're here so good. the better the lives for their family, right? It's mm. the American dream. And so we just made a really easy switch. I mean, it was an expensive switch, but it was an easy switch and it provides the goal. So our education assistance program is not for, it is for the employees, but it is also for any of their dependents. So all wow. of a sudden a housekeeper that when their daughter or son chooses to go to college, we're going to pay them a thousand dollars, you know, for those. And we also, we insist on good grades. So we're not paying, we're not paying, <laughs> we're not paying for C's and D's, you know, A's and right. D's, A's and D's, we pay for. Um, but just sort of small things like that, that it was like, well, we need to understand what they truly care about. Um, and so 401k was another thing that our founder really believed in. Like we, we have a full 5% match, which is more than most companies. But in this hourly pool of employees, many of them just really don't trust the system for, they live paycheck to paycheck anyway, they can't afford to put 401k. So all those, although we still try to educate everyone about that and what a great program it is, it wasn't the thing that I focused on. I started, what else is important? And we discovered that um, paying to become a citizen is very expensive. It costs like $1,500 at the end of the day. And so now we um, pay for citizenship for any of our employees. Yeah. And that's been really fun because it just creates such, when once or twice a year, one of our employees will become a citizen and it is such a party for the whole hotel. Yeah. That's a really fun one. I feel myself getting a little choked up on that one. Uh, <laughs> my boyfriend and his family came over from Ecuador and, um, you know, he's been here now for, oh gosh, I don't even know, probably 30, 30 some years. But um, I feel like that whole experience being with him um, has really opened my eyes to what that truly means to an individual. And we've got some other friends um, who have also come over from different countries and I think wow like that is to me like you all really care and I think this is a really great lesson for uh, others listening other businesses to yeah you might have benefits but let's like really find out what matters I think that maybe that's the key word is like matters right like what really matters right and we just have a different you know employee population so, you know, that wouldn't be for everybody. But no, us, totally. But you that. took the time to discover it. Yeah. 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 And then, of course, we have all, all the normal, you know, all the normal uh, benefits, <laughs> too. Um, health insurance. And we do this cool program called Shoes for Cruise, where the employee can pick out um, a safe, sturdy pair of shoes every year that come from this company. And we do something called Kits for Kids. So you can sign up for your children from kindergarten to 12th grade and get a backpack full of all the supplies that are appropriate for that grade level. Yeah. Um, and I have four kids, so I really appreciate that. <laughs> um, so nice not having to shop for all the things for those grades. <laughs> I can remember when I was a child, like, they would send home a list, right? And, like, I would go shopping with my parents, like, school shopping, back to school yeah. shopping 
we would just be like checking off the list. Of course, I didn't appreciate it at that point. Like I was just like, well, this is what we need. You know, why can't? Why right, but it adds up. It's like a hundred dollars or one hundred and fifty dollars for all those glue sticks and yeah. you know, <laughs> employees. That's like a big hit. And when they have multiple children, like I do, you know, that all adds up. A big hit. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so this is great. So. Those are some really powerful things that you've put into place. Now, my guess is over 16 years, um, the culture has molded and changed over time. So like, what was it 16 years ago? Like what, it was it still like this amazing, great place? Or was there like a point in time where it was like, okay, we really need to do a lot of work in this. Like how has it changed over the 16 years? You know, um, I hate to cop out of that, but I don't think- <laughs> changed that much. Um, you know, like I said, our founder was firmly believed in family and compassion and education. Um, and he was our CEO for many, many years. And then in between him and me, there was another woman who was our CEO for 27 years between our founder and then me. So I'm actually like a short timer around the company. Um, (laughs) Cause I've now only been the president and co-CEO for six years. Um, and so she took over for him and she passionately cared about the employees. Mm. You could just, you know, feel it. And so, uh, you know, I do things differently than both Steve, our founder and Lee, our previous CEO, but the culture has for the most part really remained the same. Well, I mean, I think that speaks volumes to the brand uh, and likely to the success of the brand and why, you know, y'all are where you are and have, have the number of hotels that you do. And, um, so I think that, I don't think it's a cop-out in other words, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great answer actually. Cause I think it really, again, speaks volume. So what do you think is your biggest challenge? Okay. So how long have you been president CEO? Six years. Okay. What do you think has been your biggest challenge in those six years? Well, um, we're in the hotel business and <laughs> COVID really took a toll. Um, it's a, it's almost hard to explain, um, uh, except for to my friends who are in healthcare, but, you know, we went from owning and managing these six hotels that over the course of the year run about 80% occupancy, um, down very quickly in March of 2020 and April of 2020, to running anywhere between like 4% occupancy and 19% occupancy for months and months and months. Um, And we went from, you know, 500, 600 employees um, to 86 over the course of like 11 days. Wow. And my my partner, my co-CEO, Eric, and our CFO, Kelly, um, couldn't do anything without the two of those gentlemen, we decided very early on that we would not shut our hotels. So many hotels, the best thing for them was to shut. We decided we were going to keep our hotels open because our people, our family needed still needed jobs still (laughs) and needed to be taken care of. And we needed them to help take care of the hotels. And so we stayed open. We kept the skeleton crews of the 86 folks running six full service hotels. I mean, Mm. it was um, devastating and challenging in a way that I don't think anyone could imagine. 
Plus, all of a sudden, instead of going to visit all of our employees every month, all of a sudden I'm grounded and I'm here in Denver. And so I could visit our hotel in Denver, of course, frequently. And I did often, I got in the habit of walking to work, which is about three or four miles away. I was like, well, we've got nothing else to do. So I might as well, <laughs> might as well walk to work and, you know, help the team out in whatever way we can, cleaning rooms or making beds or watching the front desk for them. But after a month of only seeing our hotel in Denver and not seeing our other hotels, I, it just, and asking these employees to do every single job in the hotel instead of, you know, the controller is no longer just be able to do accounting. They're cleaning right. rooms, they're um, making beds, they're working the front desk, they're working overnight shifts, like they're just all kinds of things. Um, and I feel very proud because we had zero people quit during those months. Mm. Um, not until the fall of 2020, when our chief engineer who'd worked for us for about 18, 19 years decided to retire. He's the only person that, that decided to leave. Everyone else stayed with us, did a hundred jobs that they didn't sign up for yeah. and did longer than we ever thought. You know, when we, when we first did this, we thought this is going to take 90 days and then we'll come back. And it wasn't 90 days. It was nine months. Mm-hmm. Um, but my husband, who is my biggest supporter, my biggest fan, um, saw how much it was stressing me out, not seeing the teams. Um, and so he sat down with us one night at dinner, my four kids and our au pair, and my husband and me. He said, I've got an idea. I'm working from home now and I can do that anywhere. But Sarah needs to see the teams. So why don't we buy an RV and go see the teams? And our sweet au pair, Mikaela, is from South Africa. And she was like, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> because she hadn't been allowed to go to Starbucks for like two months. You know, that was like shut, you know, shut down. Yeah. Like, um, and our and our kids were too little to know what we were talking about. They're like, road trip with mom and dad? Like, sure. <laughs> so um, by the end of May, we had figured it out. And we um, bought an RV and the seven of us went and visited each of our hotels for a full week. We were gone for eight weeks. We went um, 5,300 miles around the country and we did some fun. We would camp in national forests and state parks and things on the weekends. And during the week, the seven of us would check into the hotel. There were very few guests that summer of 2020. Yeah, of course. Um, And we would check into the hotel and my kids learned how to strip beds and (laughs) them down the uh, laundry chute. And, and I got to have a meal, breakfast, lunch, or dinner with every single one of those 86 employees and just talk to them and thank them and hear how their families were doing. And it was the most incredible experience. Um, and I can't, I still wish I could thank those people more. I mean, I usually get other people choked up on the show, but now you have me a little choked up like twice now, (laughs) but, um, wow. Like I'm almost at a loss for words. Like that's so incredible and just want to honor and celebrate you for a moment because there's a lot of, um, innovation, ingenuity, um, different thinking, that uh that was involved there and I'm not sure that everyone you know kind of has that in them uh so I think that it speaks to how much you truly live out the brand of this and how much you care about the employees 
Well, Amy, trust me, we, the seven of us were always very happy to pull up to like a beautiful boutique hotel (laughs) and the GMs would put us in the presidential suite. They had, you know, they, it was, it was available because we had been living in this RV for the weekend and like, you know, seven people in an RV, like <laughs> can get we, we made some wonderful memories and my kids, my kids still talk about it all the time. When are we going on that road trip again? Oh my gosh. I love it. So I have a question that I'm dying to know. Do you still have the RV? Oh, that's what everyone asks. <laughs> so we bought it. We went on the eight week road trip. We sold it. <laughs> do it again but there's really for our family there's really no reason to own an RV our trip was just so long and I have so many kids like we needed quad bunks and it was kind of a specific but if we were going to do that we will definitely go on a road trip again but if you're only going to have it for one week you can just rent one yeah (laughs) all right all right um but still it's still very very cool um maybe maybe you're um maybe you're equipped someday to do like tiny house living maybe no <laughs> but I have, maybe not <laughs> I have three growing boys and a growing daughter so I'm not they won't fit in a tiny house yeah. <laughs> how old are your kids so now they are seven five three and three at the time they were um you know one one four and Five. Yeah. <laughs> so they were- <laughs> I mean, I don't know whether to laugh at that or like be like completely terrified of what that might have been like. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was nuts. It was nuts. Uh, that's awesome. I love it, though. So, okay. So, I have another question then for you. What, um, from that road trip, what do you think? What was the one thing that surprised you the most, both like personally? and professionally like what what came out of that that you're like I never knew that I never realized that or something along those lines on both ends sure um well personally I was so proud of my kids for kind of like uh, you know being tough and some days we would drive in that thing for like 10 hours across this and be like hot (laughs) and boring and um and they just really like kind of hunkered down and I thought my husband and I and the, our wonderful au pair, Mikaela, would joke about it. We're like, how strange to be a two-year-old and not know if you're getting strapped in for like a half an hour or like 10 hours. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, something's going to happen, but they'll probably give treats and, you know, um, so my kids were tough and they like really enjoyed all things camping and that was, and they really enjoyed the hotels and learning about the back of the house and, and like folding sheets. And that was, that was cool to watch and show them where I worked. I mean, without this, my kids never would have seen the hotels maybe until they were, you know, teenagers or in college or something, but they got to see my, all my offices, which was so fun. Um, And then from a work perspective, or maybe this is also personal, but you know, when I, when we planned the road trip, it was all about COVID and thanking the employees for taking over and keeping themselves, you know, safe and keeping our hotels safe but before we left for our trip George Floyd was murdered and um I may have meant I mentioned earlier that most of my employees are immigrants many people of color um we just have a very very diverse workforce and what I was not expecting and what was surprised by 
was that those conversations that I had one-on-one with each of the employees when we had meals ended up being far more about um, race relations and things that I could learn um, and things that the company could learn Mm. to to make people feel more comfortable and just be aware of. And I, I learned so much from each of our employees about race relations that uh, I was just surprised at every turn. And it was far less about COVID. Yeah. In those conversations. Important conversations to have uh, for Absolutely. sure. And um, did any, anything kind of, did any programs come out of that or any type of changes come out of those conversations? So, you know, it was interesting for me, it was more about don't be scared to have the conversations, right. With all the manager, like you're, you may or may not say all the right words every single time. And that's okay. Like, but having the conversations sitting down with one of my African-American employees, um, who, you know, has worked with us for 10 years and does the overnight shift in Dallas and saying like, listen, I probably won't say everything perfectly right, but I want to learn and I want to hear from you how this makes you feel. Mm-hmm. We're having, you know, Kevin, our amazing um, general manager in Dallas, who also happens to be African-American for the first time feeling comfortable telling me like, hey, Sarah, did you know that I get pulled over six times a year? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, personally, I mean, I'm a, a white woman. I haven't been pulled over in years. Yeah. You know, it just, and it, but able to have those conversations and encourage everyone to say, this is a safe place. Like, let's all learn and know about each other. Yeah. So powerful. So powerful. Um, you know, I, I can only hope that all workplaces kind of um, just create a space like, like you did to just have the conversation um, in an open and honest way, as opposed to creating space to have a conversation because they're being told that they should, right? Right. Have the conversation. I think it's two very different things. A perfect example, when I was visiting New Orleans, which was near the end of our trip, um, we have some you know, awesome employees down there. And I said something that really offended um, one of our uh, front desk agents, Jamise, but I didn't know, but she felt she was really mad. And I hadn't um, had my one-on-one with her. She had just, you know, heard me talking to someone else while I was there. And then when I had my one-on-one with her, I could tell she was mad, but I didn't know why. But I really just was like, you, this is, like, this is safe. I know I'm the CEO, so it feels scary, but please, please tell me, you know, what I said. And she did, and it was great. And I was, I got to apologize and learn and also say, you know, and what she said too was she's like, and then I kept thinking about it and I know you. And so I know you didn't mean what I heard. And I was like, and so she learned also. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, we're coming from a good place here. Yeah. Like, um, it's like that country song. I believe most people are good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, and I think like, um, one of the things I read about my book, but is, and I do love to talk about it is like always assuming positive intention, like to assume 
that there's positive intention always, unless you really know for a fact or somebody gives you a reason to know that they meant negative intent, you know? Um, right. And that's obviously easier said than done. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Wow, um, I, I've had a lot of interviews <laughs> with a lot of people and I really truly wanna commend you and honor you. And uh, you know, for our listeners, we've only just met and I feel like you are one of the most caring, authentic people. And I'm sure that your team and your guests feel the same way when they're in your presence. So just getting choked up again, but like, just want to celebrate you because we need more good people like you in the world. We need more good people like you in CEO, president, executive level positions. Um, one of the things I really like to say is that we need better people to build better businesses so that they can then build better people. <laughs> and mm -hmm. you are doing that. So thank you and celebrating you and um, all the great things that South Street Hospitality is doing. So well, thanks. That's amazingly right complimentary, Amy. Thank you. That's like that, my show bumps everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, amazing. So thank you so much. Thanks for sharing all the happy workplace ideas and your stories that have come out of this. Um, truly inspirational. And I just have one last question for you. And it's this. If you were to define a happy workplace in one word, what word would you use? Family. Ooh, so good. Speaks well to, to the brand and brings us right back to where we started. It is. It's just family always comes first. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, my employees all know that. Yeah. Awesome. I'm sure that they feel that. I have no doubt. Thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Thank you, Amy. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And if folks want to um, look up more about Stout Street Hospitality, of course, you can go to Stout stoutstreethospitality.com. We will link to it, but it's S-T-O-U-T streethospitality.com. And yep. um, if they want to connect with you in some ways, is there a way that they can do that? Absolutely. Um, there's contact information on the website, but I'm happy to have any of your listeners contact me directly. My email address is super easy. It's Sarah with an H at Stout Street Hospitality. Awesome. And we're Denver-based, so Stout is like the beer Stout, but we're right. actually also on Stout Street. Stout Street, downtown Denver, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I miss my Denver downtown days. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. I appreciate you. Thank you. Amy Dix here. Thank you so much for listening to the Happiest Places to Work podcast. If you are a CEO, HR director, or wellness director for a successful company and would like to be on this program, please visit choose-happy.me slash podcast slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on social. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag happiest places to work podcast. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, choose-happy.me 
or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at Amy N. Dix. Thanks for listening. This is Amy Dix, and we will see you next time.